0: Welcome to the This Girl Sales Podcast. I'm your host Tina Hassey, and this is a, the podcast for women who sail.
1: Sales. How intimate are you with yours? Maybe a funny question, but as it the main component of your boat? are you familiar with all the sails you have on board? What you need to fix them should they get damaged at sea. As sailors, we know sails on our boat are pretty important, but when was the last time you really looked at your sails, took them down, felt them, and became intimate with them? Lucy Reese is a young female sailor who's been sailing her whole life. She grew up racing yachts and has a passion for tweaking sails to get where she wants to go fast. At 23, she's already competed in some major offshore yacht races and has taken her love of sailing and turned it into a career as a sailmaker. She has advised that we should get intimate with our sailors, and I thought this was a really great bit of advice. She and I got together on board my yacht Galileo and talked over a cuppa about how she got into sailing, how being seasick hasn't put her off offshore racing, how she came to be one of the youngest competitors in the seventieth Sydney to Hobart yacht race, and at just thirteen crewed in the Launceston to Hobart yacht race, and she has some great advice for women getting into the sport. Her passion really comes out when she talks about her work as a sailmaker and where it will take her. And she gives some great advice on what every yacht should have on board to repair and take care of sails. After talking to her, I certainly look at my sails differently, and I'm digging out my sail repair kit to make sure I have everything I need to fix my sails at sea. Let's have a chat with Lucy Reese. You're a Tessie girl? Yeah. Born and bred? Yep. Yeah. Tell me how your love of sailing developed. Where did you start?
2: Um, I think by. First, I'm pretty sure the story is my first time on a boat was on my parents. They had a J24, nice. so um, and I think I was two weeks old when I did my first race. Wow, um, amazing! And yeah, I think it snowed and it was in the middle of winter. You know? It was yeah, it was <laughs> not a great day out on the water. And so yeah, my my dad has always sailed, and my is, my older brother's always sailed, and it's it's just kind of been the thing, like, in my life that I kind of never really knew anything else. And your mum is a sailor as well? Um, not not a sailor, like, she's done a little bit, but she, she yeah, she doesn't really do much herself. But she's always supported it and just, she's always always excited about it and she keeps up with everything and Great. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, it's just kind of always been what my family's done. Like, we never went camping you know, during the holidays, we went away on the boat. That's kind of how I grew up. So, so you've done
1: cruising around Tassie, like, or just away for the weekends, and that's
2: yeah, of thing. just away from the weekends. My dad, my dad was, my dad's very competitive, um, in a good way. Uh, so he he was never we never really cruised. We tried to, but it ended up just being me, my brother, and my dad getting to the place as quickly as we could. And so you know, putting up the biggest kite we had, and you know, sailing through the night, and trying to get like top speeds out of the boat. So never really like the cruising kind of, you know, way of doing things. But um, yeah, it was it was mainly I started racing quite young, and that's just kind of how I know sailing is the competitive scene of it. So racing's in the blood. Yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad's done a lot. My dad's been kind of uh pretty sure he was he was doing it professionally for a little bit when he was about my age yep. so he was doing around europe doing like america's cup things and all that so it's just
1: yeah yeah that's a great great way to to grow up i've always i i didn't grow up sailing and um i always wished that it was something that was just like having spencer you know mm. he, he's he's not going to know yeah any different it'll just be what he does yeah like you which is so fantastic I think
2: yeah I I find it I find it so funny when like you know you see little kids that are kind of grown up on boats and they just run around the foredeck like it's second nature and then you know got adults who start sailing and like holding on to everything and yeah yeah I just find it really interesting yeah
1: yeah no that's so true that's a good observation yeah so are you still learning are you do you find that sailing is something you're still learning every time you go out or Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I think so. I've never I've never really been the most competitive person myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, a lot of my friends kind of when I was a teenager went and did the you know, high performance programs where they had coaches and training mm. and I was never really interested in that. I just enjoyed sailing for what it was and I had a boat and you know, I remember I used to like in my team when we had like a coach out there on the water with us and we would have to do drills like I would get bored and sail to the beach instead because mm. I could because I had a boat and I could go wherever I wanted. Um so that yeah. I'm I'm always learning now. I think now I'm a bit more competitive so I'm playing a bit of catch up. Yeah. Um but I I mean sailing is ever changing and it especially at the moment like Boats are developing so fast, and there are new ways to do things every time you go out. So there's always stuff to learn, and saying "was new people" was one of the ways I try and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And what, what does your sailing look like now? Because you're 23, you say? Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah.
2: yeah, are you weekend racing or? Um, yeah. So I've I used to I own a B14, which is a Bethwaite skiff. Um, it's a two-person skiff with no no trapeze, and I own one of those. And I did a lot of sailing on that. Um, I went to uh, Lake Garda in 2016 to do the World Championships in that, and then the World Championships in 2017 uh, in Australia. So I've tried to I've tried to kind of get back on the horse through that boat, but um, I've taken a bit of a break from that, and I'm concentrating on keelboat. Sailing, especially offshore sailing, which is where my, my heart lies, oh, offshore yeah. kill boat racing. Fantastic. I think, I think it's the best. Yeah. I think it's the greatest sport in the world. Yes. Fantastic. Mm.
1: Wow, that's inspiring. Yeah. So I read that you were, at the age of 18, you were one of the youngest sailors in the 70th anniversary Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race.
2: Yeah. So, I, yeah, I did the Sydney on a boat named Whistler yep. in 2000... And, 2000 14? 14. 14? That's when it was. Um, yeah, so I just turned 18, and um, <laughs> it's a Category 1 race, and it has a age limit that you have to be 18 or older. So um, it was really... I was, I've was i always wanted to do that race. My dad's done it maybe 16 times or something, and so it was it was always something I was knew, knew I was going to do, but I just needed to wait until I was old enough. So that was a good year. It was... It was a lot of preparation. It was my first category one race, so it was a bit of a difference. And yeah, it was it was awesome. How did you How did you get into it? how did How did you go from to How did
1: you first get into knowing that you're going to do a Sydney to Hobart and then getting on a boat?
2: Um, so this boat, uh, my dad was a skipper of it. He wasn't the owner, but he just skippered this boat for the owner who didn't sail the boat. Um, and, yeah, I'd been sailing with that boat for quite a few years. Like, I, I kind of was always too young to do the bigger races. I, I did a Launceston yeah. to Hobart on that boat when I was 12 or 13. I think I was 12, <laughs> um, which was pretty young. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I've I've been sailing. That, that was the first kill boat I really sailed on, and I still sail on it today. It's got a different owner, and my dad no longer sails on it. It's got a new crew, but I've kind of stuck with it all yeah. this time. Wow, great. Yeah.
1: What is it about the offshore racing that um is a draw for you?
2: I think I think sailing is a really fascinating way of seeing how people work together. I think you know, and, and it's I, I do a lot of inshore racing, so kind of round the boys round the boys sailing, which is which is awesome because you can you can get you know the 10 best sailors put them on a boat send them out on a course for a race and race them for 45 minutes and you can you can make everything perfect and every maneuver perfect and then that's the end of the race and then you go on to the next race but mm. I, and you can have you can have a crew dynamic that is that is switched on and clicking and working for those 45 minutes but i'm interested and just fascinated by seeing like can you get a group of people to have that same chemistry after three or four days of living in each other's space and things going wrong and people being sick and cold and, you know, you're, you're miles away from land. And it's just, you know, having that teamwork after, you know, having that teamwork while going through a complicated ordeal, which is offshore boat offshore yacht racing. Yeah. I like, I like that part of it. Yeah. And I think if you can get the right team, then you can still pull off that right manoeuvre after four days of being tired and sick of each other. Yes, yes,
1: in a small space.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a,
1: um, a lure for the Sydney to Hobart. I'd like to do one. Do you ever get scared when you're out there? Or How many have you done now?
2: Um, I've done one. Yep. Uh, I'm doing... I'm doing another one this year. So, Yay. I'm already locked into that. Um I I mean, maybe being from Tassie, like you kind of you know, you you kind of a bit more relaxed about it because they say that the two toughest bits of the thing are Tasman Island and Bass Strait. Yes. And they're my home waters. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I've I've been around Tasman more times than... I care to remember and I think I've seen some of the worst of it and like it's been alright and like you don't you don't want to be naive or, or anything about complacent, it. But, yeah. Yeah, complacent at all, but you know, it is you know, the boat the boat that I sail I I trust. Like it's a good boat and I wouldn't I wouldn't go into Bass Strait and Tasman Island in a boat that I didn't trust and a crew that I didn't trust. Yes. Um, because I have seen the worst of those two places. Um, but yeah, it's, it's – um, I, I don't think I get nervous when I'm on a good boat with a good team.
1: Yeah. And what what would your role be on, um, um, we'll say, this year if you're doing a Sydney? Do you have yes. a specific job or does everyone kind of do a bit of everything?
2: Um, everyone has a specific job-ish. Um, so, <laughs> I'm a trimmer, but we work in uh, – we do shift work on the race. So, we sail with nine – Yep. And okay. we have two groups of four with the navigator floating in between. So usually like uh the last big offshore race we did was the Melbourne to Hobart West Coaster last year. Oh wow. Um and yeah, so how that worked in that race was we had four people on deck and four people asleep and we swapped over every two hours, like clockwork. And yeah, right. You know, so everyone has their position, but when you've only got four people on deck, you kind of have to do a bit of everything and you kind of have to spread yourself out a bit more and, you know, learn a few more skills so you can let the other people have a sleep.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, because you all have to work as a team. Yeah. Make it all work. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get exhausted after a couple of days or do you kind of get into a groove? Because I know, you know, like if you're cruising, you get into your... Sort of cruising after three days, usually yeah. you sort of get it in, fall into you know the sleep and the food and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, is it the same with racing?
2: Um, I think I think so. So the the Sydney race is the longest race I've done, um, and that was a four day race. Yep. Um And I think I think the I think three days is the magic number. Yeah. Because the West Coaster I did was around three days, I think, or like two and a half days, maybe. I can't quite remember. I. Your concept of time <laughs> just goes out the window. You One just long have how day. many days. You yeah. have no idea how many days. But it's. I felt pretty good after those three days, but when you're only sleeping two hours at a time, and sometimes you go off watch and you're woken up three or four times yeah. to get on deck, and you're not you're not getting that that good night sleep. And I think, I think when you start getting to four days of that type of shift work, that's when your body just starts to get tired and i think that's what makes the sydney hobart so hard yeah. is because it is it is a longer race and i think it's that extra you know it's that extra 100 miles or something that's just the painful <laughs> like do you have
1: to do you have to train for that like is there a mental training that you prepare like do they teach you that when you're gonna say you're gonna do a hobart race do they say okay you know obviously you know have to learn how to do the boat and you're mm-hmm. trimming and you know all of that mm-hmm. but do they is there preparation for the mental
2: side of it um I think so I think I think that's just communication within your team okay um yeah. but you know there is there is other stuff so there are you know you have to have specific safety training yes. that's required by the race yeah. that you you have to complete um and it's it's not so much training but preparation within yourself yeah because you know I I know because I get I get terribly seasick Oh, and I'm joking! joking. And I get horribly seasick. <laughs> it is. It's really bad. You know you're in the wrong sport, right? <laughs> and I do have that thought. Like I remember in the West Coaster, I was kind of like sitting on the side of the boat, and I was just like, this, "Why? Why am I doing this? This is I don't feel good.
1: No. It's just
2: bad." But I know that I know that I have to. I've done enough yacht racing that I know what works for me with seasickness, and I, I know that before I go into the race, you know, I have to. Be healthy. I have to be as healthy as I can. I have to be fit, yep. and I find that helps.
1: And you still want to get back out there and do it.
2: I mean, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's kind an of addiction, be- yeah, isn't you it? you kind of yeah.
2: forget all the bad <laughs> bits. And... Yeah.
1: Yes, I think yeah. you have to. Otherwise, you'd never go back out.
2: Yeah, it's a horror. It's a horrible thing. It's cold. It's- you don't <laughs> sleep. Everything hurts. I feel sick. It was fun.
1: <laughs> but then the end. When you get yeah. in at the end of the race that must be a bit of a an adrenaline
2: Yeah. Kick. Yeah, the the, the West Coaster was awesome for that last year. That was probably my favourite race I've ever done, I think. Um the we just the boat did so well and just everyone felt like felt like everyone was at the top of their game on the yeah. boat. So
1: great. We all worked together really well and we got there quite quickly, which was nice. Yeah, excellent. What did you? What was your place in the end?
2: Ah, uh, we won. No, oh. so we won. Amazing. Yeah, so we won all three divisions, and we were third over the line. Good on you. And we were the smallest boat in the fleet. Good on you. And do you helm at all? No. Um. I've never. I've never been. I've never been a helm. I've never really wanted to steer. I've always. I've always enjoyed getting the boat. To go fast. Yes. I, I just feel like I like I like playing with the sails. I like you no, know, I I feel like steering would be boring. You just kinda of point and shoot and yeah, that's all you really do. But with with crewing you can run around and you can you can adjust things and you could have new ideas and you can you know, if you if you're thinking like, Oh, I don't know if this is the right sail, you can just get up and change it. Whereas you're strapped to the tiller you can't really do that. Yeah, I've just always enjoyed you know, all through dinghy sailing, I've just enjoyed crewing. I've enjoyed being up the front of the boat and running around and yeah, and playing with sails. Yeah. yeah, which you've turned your passion of sailing into your
1: into your career now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So you, um, what what do you call yourself? Sailmaker.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Great. And yeah. you work in Hobart as a yeah. sailmaker. So I work um, Muir's Boatyard in Battery Point. Yeah. So that's a historical boat building yard, yeah, which is pretty cool because it's a pretty historical place for Tasmanian yeah. sailing. Um, so it's pretty cool to work in a place like that. Um, but yeah, I've I've been sail making for three years now. I started in two thousand and sixteen, and I'm working for a place called Doyle's, so Doyle Sailmakers, and yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. I get to play on boats all day. Excellent. Yeah,
1: that's a great way to turn your passion into your. Into your career,
2: mm. yeah. I've al- I've always liked, you know, the creative making stuff, and yeah, it's just kind of nice to be able to make a career out of that. Yeah, you get to make things all day.
1: Yeah. but Um. Where do you see that going for you? Is that um? Will you always be in sale making, or do you think there's is that a stepping stone to
2: to something else, or um? hopefully to bigger races and bigger boats yeah okay cool yeah, I, I would like to join I, w- I would one day like the kind of pipe dream is to, to work on a campaign one day so something you know something like the Volvo Ocean Race or the America's Cup I just you know I love I love sound making like the innovative side of it and I think that that's where the innovations are made is at the height of the sport and so I want to go there yeah yeah, yeah so it's changing massively it's um like it's 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 hard it's hard to keep up like I mean you yeah, know right? we think of we think of carbon sales as like you know at the same time they're a fairly new thing, but it feels like all I've ever known like working so closely in the industry just like things are happening so quickly and you know new techniques like not not just new sailcloth technology but new techniques of sail making and color coming out just almost every couple months is something new yeah, and so right. it's it's hard to keep up with sometimes but it's it's really exciting and and to to know that there are a group of people who are kind of dedicated to making it better and better and better and yeah it's 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 really exciting and like you think back to all the all the um, you know major innovations in sail making and they came from you know, the Whitbreads and the America's yeah. Cups and when, you know, yeah, sailmakers against sailmakers pushing each other to beat each other on the race course. And, you know, you, like the first tri-radial sail came from the America's Cup and, you know, this it's it's just exciting and I want to be a part of it. Yeah.
1: Would you do a race?
2: Um, sure. I don't think I would. I think, I think I, I, I do love sailing, but... I think I am just I'm just kind of obsessed with the behind the scenes of it. So, you know, I kind of explain it I kind of explain it as a metaphor of like I would never want to be a Formula 1 driver, but I would love to work in the pit crew. Yeah. Like I Fantastic. just think that is that's exciting to me. And I think it is sailing is such a it's it's got so many elements to you know, the sport. Like there's so many people involved in getting a boat the start line like mm. it's it's insane it's ridiculous really mm. how many people are involved like you've got the owners and the skippers and the sailors and then the boat managers and they're all the, they're all the people that you know are in charge of the boat on the race day but on the other side of that you've got the boat builders and the sail makers and the riggers and the designers that really are as, are on the same team and they're as competitive as anyone else and they are part of that team. Um, and I, and I want to be, I want to be a part of that because that really excites me and yeah. So
1: if you were speaking to a young girl Mm -hmm. who wants to get into sailing, who sees what you do and sees your passion, what advice would you give to get into the
0: sport?
2: Um, I think just kind of stick at it. A lot of, a lot of people... You know, because I, I I grew up. I went to an all girls school, and there were a group of my friends that all sailed together. And just a lot of the girls, like that that group of girls that I grew up sailing with, none of them sail anymore mm. because they all just kind of. I don't, I don't I don't know why, but it they just kind of all got away from them, and they just stopped. And I was the only one that kind of stuck stuck at it. And I think if you do, it's like. That's that's kind of the most important thing because, you know, every everyone knows sailing is a egotistical sport, mm. and you just meet a lot of people with a lot of egos, and that that can get a bit intimidating and a bit disheartening for someone who wants to carve out their place in the sport. But, you know, I think the the people who have actually, you know, at the level, like, who have gotten to the Volvo, have have not gotten there from ego. Like, they've gotten there because they take their work seriously and they work hard and they genuinely care about what they're doing. And I think they see that in other people. Yes. And I think that they value that more than anything else. I think, you know, they see, you know, nine out of ten people every day, who come in and say they they talk themselves up a lot about how great a sailor they are
0: mm.
2: but are not actually putting in the hard work and care that is needed, then they're always gonna go to that last one person who actually does show up and actually does show how passionate they are mm. and how much they really care about what they're doing and I think that they're always gonna choose that person and I don't think I don't think that matters if it's a girl or boy, it's just whoever shows up.
1: Yes. That's great to hear because it, I think it still feels like a bit of a boys' club, but I think also um, that there's definitely opportunity for women in sailing mm. across, you know, whether they're driving the boat or, mm. as you say, involved in that team aspect and behind the scenes, like you're doing. I mean, I think we're seeing more and more women mm. involved and encouraged to mm. get involved, which is great.
2: And yeah, and that's that's kind of like goes back to how I feel about. What, what excites me about keelboat racing, because, you know, ego doesn't last four days on the water. Yes, that's so true. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, there, there might be there might be someone, you know, if you've got a girl and a boy on a team and the boy makes up a thing that he doesn't want to sail with a girl, that'll last for the 45-minute race. But that's not going to last for four days. You know, after four days, it, it doesn't matter where you're from like who you are what you look like it's you know are you gonna pull that sail in or not like mm. are you mm. gonna are you gonna relieve them from the helm or are you gonna make them a cup of coffee yeah. like at sea like yeah it's it's that kind of stuff and and i think and i th- i think when it gets to that point it just doesn't matter about anything it's just kind of who you are it doesn't matter how old you are where you come from yeah if you're a girl boy if anything it's it's just doesn't matter
1: yeah and it's a great platform for that, isn't it? When mm. you're out, as you said, after a few days, yeah, it's great to be part of a team where you can just be who you are, part of that team. Yeah. Yeah, get the work done, get yeah. the boat
2: to the finish line. That's it. Yeah. And, like, you know, yeah. hard work gets the boat to the finish line. Yes. Anyone's capable of working hard if they choose to. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's excellent. I can see that you're, you're passionate about sailing. I love that. <laughs> I love talking to women that are just you have this twinkle in your eyes when you talk about sailing it's uh... yeah
2: I mean I like I could wax lyrical about sail making a lot like yeah. I just I just love sail making and I love the innovation of it and I I just like I just like it
1: yeah yeah well, that's good
2: that's good good to hear
1: that's no it's it's very it's very inspiring to hear um that not only women can get involved whether they're just as a passion just as something you know that that they do on the weekends but mm. those career paths I think it's really great to show the younger women mm. coming through the ranks that they can get into sailing at school like you did yeah and if you love it and you work at it you can work your way through to a career and that can yeah. take you to a lot of different yeah a lot of different places I and mean and that's
2: the other good thing about sail making like it's a job that is everywhere like, yep. like you know it, it will literally take you around the world because sales are pretty much the same everywhere you go and yeah. Yeah, it's 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 great. Like I've got friends who have just, you know, you know, and it, and it's not it's not just, you know, racing like um tall ships are a big one. So you go like a couple yeah. you you can go on like a 6-month long voyage on a tall ship yep. as a sailmaker and like you can see the world that way and it's a, it's a different type of sailing with different type of sailors, but it's 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 all the same, really. Yeah. It's just another avenue for it. Yeah. That's interesting. Of course, tall ships. I'm just... Mm. You get
1: so focused on, you know, cruising in the keelbats that...
2: Yeah. <laughs> you forget about the, the yeah. spray rigors. In. So, I, I... Actually, there's another apprentice at work. Her name is... Her name is Steph. And, like, her background... Is, it's interesting because we're both working in the same building now, doing the same apprenticeship, but our backgrounds in sailing couldn't be more different. Okay. So she, um, her background is in charter, charter cruises and yep. tour ships. Yep. Whereas mine comes from like, one design dinghy racing and offshore kill boat racing. So it's totally different. You know, worlds of sailing, but it's the same skill set and everyone needs sails if you want to go sailing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, exactly. I was going to ask you a bit of a selfish selfish question because we're taking off cruising. Mm -hmm. Can you recommend any sort of basic gear that we should have on board if we were to need to fix anything, you know, what 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 would a, a good sailmaker carry on a longer voyage? Oh,
2: this is my favorite question. is it? excellent. It's like I feel I feel like I'm just because like, I I, I don't you know like when I sail on different boats like I just kind of like I'll just bring my own sail repair kit. Oh, cool. You know I just I think every boat should have a well stacked because I don't because sails you know sails should never stop you from finishing a race or they should never stop you from getting to where you want to go. Like yeah. they they are they are. Pretty much always fixable. You can always jimmy something together. You can always, you know, just make something hold. You can you can be innovative as you want with them. Like I had I had a friend um, where she she um, the headboard blew out of um, of a mainsail of a boat she was sailing mm-hmm. on, and she ended up. They, they they had to figure out a new way to attach the halyard because it was during a race. And she ended up getting bits of webbing, and, like, she got, like, three bits of webbing and then bolted the webbing to the top of the sail. Okay. And so she just, like, drilled through it and then she tore some bolts out of, like, the nav station and just literally just nut and bolted these... Like these webbing's under the sail, and that's what held. Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, that's a really bad sail repair." And I'm like, "No, that's the perfect sail repair. Because you use what was on board, and you you fix the sail. It like, yeah. doesn't matter if it's messy or if you can just get it to where you need it to be, yeah. and then give it to the sailmaker when you're done. Yeah. Like, can you reverse that, please? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like a, a, a sailmaker's repair kit is is super important on any boat, and I think." think the most important stuff that you need would be scissors, methylated spirits. mm mm-hmm. Because um, when you're sticking stuff to sails, it won't stick unless it's clean and dry.
1: Good point. Yeah. And
2: so, you know, sails are covering salt and grime and rain and wetness and we always clean the sail with metho before we stick anything on it. Okay. Um, sticky back. So that's just... Your general sail repair tape. Yep. Um, Spinnaker repair tape. Um, uh, hand sewing kit. So, I'm not, I'm not sure how many people know this, but, like, hand sewing, like hand stitching sails, is still very, very much used in making a new sail.
1: So you still you still do that? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, okay.
2: like, I finished a new mainsail the other day, and this is brand-new carbon fibre racing mainsail, and I probably spent five hours... Hand stitching it, yeah, wow, and like doing all the finishings of it. It's it's the strongest. If you, if you do it correctly, it's the strongest type of stitch you'll ever put on the sail, <laughs> um, and it will it will save it will save your life more than anything. <laughs> um, like you can sew on slides. You can you can sew clearings back onto sails. You can sew head webbings back on. You can you know just you can just put it back together. Like a lot of a lot of, like, offshore people, like, don't have sewing machines. They just have glue and a hand sewing kit. Yeah. Always take a hand sewing kit and always take lots of needles because you will drop them and lose them forever <laughs> on a boat. And break them, yep. Um, yep. I'd also take lots of spare parts and hardware. Yeah. So yeah. anything, like, it, and it's interesting, like, because some people don't know their sails very well. Like some people come into work and they're like oh this has gone wrong and you're like oh yeah because it's this and they've never seen that part of their sale before. And I know sales are big but it, I think it is worth it to pull a sale out full size and actually get to know like become like intimately aware of what builds your sale because then you know what to bring to fix it yeah that's so-, so fantastic advice. Yeah and and so- sometimes like you bring a lot of stuff and then like your baton pocket falls out and you're like oh I've got nothing to fix up. Yep. I never knew how my batten pocket worked.
1: Yeah.
2: So like that that's the thing and, and and if you if you just if you get to know it, like if your sail has slides, then find that type of slide. Yeah, like specifically. Because it could just it could get damaged, it could be blown off, like having extra slides is really important. Um having I always try to think of like, you know, the sail has three attachment points so a head attack and a clue. If one of those fails, what's like an alternative? What's what's an alternative tack I can use for my sail? What's an yep. alternative clue? What's an alternative head? That was a good example before they lost their headboard. Yep. but they bolted a bit like a webbing strop yep. onto it, yep. so they could still they still had an attachment point for their halyard. Yep. Um. So yeah, just kind of get to know get to know your sail and kind of stock, you know, for that sail. Yeah, in particular. Um, you know battens. Mm. People always forget about battens. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And you know the the battens actually kind of protect your sail because if you don't have battens, your leeches are just going to flog. Mm. And when they're flogging, flogging is the worst thing you could ever do for a sail. It's 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 the three horrible things the sail is: freshwater, flogging, and sunlight. Mm-hmm. So they're the three dangers for sails. Okay. Um, Hard to avoid. Yes. Some some of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um It's like it's like it's like brushing your teeth. It's like the only thing that rots your teeth is food and drink. Yeah. So it's like, oh Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um but yeah, so you know, if, if your baton breaks and so like a lot of people keep spare batons in their boom. Mm. They just mm. they find a little space in their boom and they just chuck they get a spare set of battens. That's a great idea. Um So yeah, batons will protect your sail. Uh, just protecting it from sunlight. So if you've got a furling if you've got a furling sail, just make sure the UV is really good. Um, You know, have tech spare UV. You can get UV in like sticky back. Mm -hmm. So if the UV starts to tear away, you can just slap something on it until Mm -hmm. you get into port somewhere. Um, But yeah, just just thinking because I think You know, people feel their sailmakers kit's a lot of general stuff, and you have a look at the boat, and then you have a look at the kit, and you're like, well, they're not really related. Yeah, sure. So kind of Mm -hmm. to to kind of cater what you want your sailmakers repair kit to your boat and your sails, yeah, because that's what that's the only thing you're going to be using it for.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's that's the advice is just you know what you got to put in your sour repair kit. You just need to figure it out. Yeah. Brilliant.
1: Mm. Oh, well, I'm going to pull ours apart now. <laughs> <laughs> Add some stuff to it. That's great. That's, that's very good advice. Thank you. Well, Lucy, this has been really great. Um, and it's so nice talking to someone about sales because you sort of talk a lot about people who are helming and, you know, mm. driving the boats and all that sort of stuff. So it's great to look at some of the more... I know, driving the boat is practical, but the things that we sort of maybe don't talk about as much, so mm. it, it's great.
2: I mean your sail is your engine. Yeah, well and exactly. It's like a the sailmaker is like a mechanic. Like yep. you yep. You gotta and like you wouldn't you wouldn't go like you're you're going on a cruising voyage and it's like you wouldn't take you wouldn't go on a big, you know, three month long full driving tour and not think to learn anything about your engine. Yeah yeah so it, it just makes sense to kind of like figure out like you know know your sales until you're confident with them and you're confident like ripping them apart and trying something new and yeah because yeah they're just cloth yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> it's true
0: <laughs> brilliant so i'm gonna i'm conscious of time so i'm gonna wrap it up but i have two questions that i like to finish on. okay <laughs> what is your
1: favorite cruising ground and why, or say in your case, racing ground?
2: I don't. I don't really go cruising. Yeah, I've never. I don't, I don't think I'm wired to cruise. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I like to think I'd be good at cruising, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I really wouldn't fast cruising. <laughs> um, I. Where do you love to race? I sailed the west coast for the first time, mm-hmm. and I. I heard lots of stories about sailing on the west coast mm. and I was a bit nervous about yeah. it because it is, it is so remote Yeah, and it's, but I just had so much fun. Like the sea was like nowhere I'd sail before. It was just so big. Yeah, wow. They were just so big and it was windy, but it was just so much fun. So that, yeah, the south, the, you know, the southwest and south of Tasmania was really was really amazing. It kind of lived up to everything I imagined. Sailing around Macquarie Island and everything like that. I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's um that whole Port Davey southwest yeah. area is somewhere that we'd really like to get to. to. I don't know if we'll yeah. get it before we go, but um it's so untouched, so yeah. wild. Yeah. In my mind, I haven't been there yet, but yeah. Oh
2: yeah, it was and like I've I've lived in Tasmania my whole life, but I'd never I'd never seen like
1: you
2: know coastline like that before it was it was amazing and it was just there were no lights and it was just you're in the middle of nowhere and like if something happens like you're in trouble but it's too fun to not go yeah yeah (laughs) excellent and my final question
1: um is there another inspiring female sailor that you know that I could talk to or that I should talk to whose story would be worth sharing with other women
2: who sail Um, I, I, I really, you know, it sounds like a corny answer, but I, I really am inspired by, I think Tasmania has, uh, amazing sailing scene. I think Tasmanian sailors are just, uh, they're good, you know, I think, I think they're under, they're underrated. And I think especially some of the women here, like, you know, they're all very under, like, the, the women that I sail with, like, they're understated and, you know, they're not flashy and maybe they don't have all the world championship medals or things, but they are... they Like, they're good seamen. And yes. I, I admire that yes. a lot. And I think that's, you know, so... I'm very lucky to be surrounded by some of the women that I race with because I learn more from them than I do from anyone else down here. Oh, that's um, fantastic to hear. But, I mean, I I mean, I think I have to give a special shout-out to one of my best friends, um, Jo Breen. She's... Uh, she sails with us on Whistler. So she's our navigator. And she's uh, just brilliant offshore sailor she's a great steerer she's the most amazing navigator i don't want to race without her ever again after after racing with her because she was just an amazing navigator of great steerer just good attitude to have on board you know competitive um and she's got more miles on her than anyone that i know and she's young and she's um yeah just come back from you know, working with the Magenta Project with Sharon Ferris and um, the Melbourne To Osaka race mm. on which she did on her own boat and yeah she's just she's pretty cool sounds like we've got to get in touch with her <laughs> brilliant <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give
1: me give her a number excellent I'd, I'd love that that'd be great. Well, Lucy, as I said, this has been fantastic. And mm. it's great to talk to a fellow Tasmanian. So I agree with you. I think there are some amazing women sailors down here. And you're right, I think they are underrated. So
0: mm.
1: let's spread the word. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by on our boat and um, putting up with the chaos of my son going to the bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's Thank been you. great to talk. Thank you for letting me feel about sailing. No, I love it. it. It's great. It's It's my favorite
1: thing. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. I can hear the the passion. So Mm -hmm. it's fantastic. So
0: thank you again. Thanks. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please be sure to leave me a comment either on my website or on your podcast app. Stay tuned as I have plenty more conversations to come where I talk to women from around the globe about their love, fear, and passion for sailing and what they have learned along the way, not just about sailing, but about themselves. If there is a woman you know who sails, who you think I should talk to, or whose story you would like to hear, please let me know by getting in touch via email, Facebook, or Instagram. All the details can be found on my website. For more conversations, information, and inspiration for women who sail, head to thisgirlsails.com. To follow my journey, as I travel with my family on board our yacht Galileo, As I learn about sailing, the fun, the pitfalls, the fear, and the beautiful places we visit while living on a boat full-time, find me on Instagram and Facebook at This Girl Sails. Thank you, everyone. I'm so grateful you have found This Girl Sails. Until next time, happy sailing.